Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, joined uh, as almost always by my co-host Diana Laufer. Hello, Diana. Hi, everyone. And Diana is in the hot seat this week rather than the co-host seat because we want to talk to her about her new report called Mobile Onboarding Best Practices. Thank you, Diana, for taking on a different role with us this week. My pleasure. I had to be here anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. Might as well answer some questions. Yeah. So, um, Diana, I was really struck by the opening line of your report which is, on average, mobile apps lose three-quarters of their active users within the first three days of installation and 90% within the first month of use. And I'm picturing sort of a uh, hair-on-fire episode of Silicon Valley as they read back those stats to themselves. So I can see why you wanted to write about this, but can you sort of describe for us, I mean, if, if I'm thinking about mobile onboarding, whenever I install a new app, I just sort of maybe start using it or put it in a folder and forget it. So what does onboarding even look like for a mobile app? So... There's no official definition that I found anywhere. So like any good analyst, I made one up. Good, um, great. Because, you know, we needed one. Yep. So I define mobile app onboarding as the first experience that a customer has with your mobile app. And if you think about that, there's a bit of a broad scope there. I think it includes everything from the app store content that you encounter when you decide whether you're going to download the app, yep. the process of downloading the app itself, opening it up and using it for the first time. And like you mentioned at the start, there's a huge problem, which is that a lot of people get through that first point and then yeah. don't go any further. It just right. sits on your app screen. Some people even go to the trouble of deleting it. And part of the reason that I think folks aren't actually paying enough attention to this problem is that they're measuring the wrong thing. They're measuring downloads. They're not measuring Mm -hmm. retention. And so they don't even have those statistics all the time about how long people are using the app or how often they're engaging with it. It's a big problem. And for many, it's it's an undiscovered problem. Hmm, That's interesting. Okay. So um, I was maybe of the impression coming into talking to you about your report that companies knew this was an issue and were doing lots of things about it, but maybe those weren't working. But you're actually saying it's um, it's an unknown problem. Maybe they've just got their hands over their eyes because they downloads are higher and they are easy to count and they don't have to worry that their app's not being used like so many other apps. But um, do you see any examples? Are there any companies out there that do onboarding well from a mobile perspective? Yeah, a lot do. I want to start with the problem though first yes, because please, i think take us back. Thank yeah, you. yeah yeah i think it points more to the current state of what we're seeing today which is that most companies have something that they would point to as an onboarding experience they have a uh, tutorial which is basically i'm sure everyone has encountered one that's yes. downloaded an app it's three to five screens that you basically have to swipe through that says hey here's what i am here's what benefits you're going to get blah 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 i don't know about you but i kind of just swipe through them i and hate those things i hate them too I was, I was sort of mixed about them when I started this research. I was giving companies the benefit of the, of the doubt. Oh, so many of them are, are doing it. It must be good. And I talked to one app design and development agency o- after another, and they all said, no one's looking at these things. Right. Like 80 to 90% of customers they found out through usability tests were either skipping them or just 
um, completely ignoring them. One of one of the agencies I talked to, Willow Tree, likened it to banner blindness, which is this phenomenon <laughs> where, right, you're looking at a website, there's a banner ad, people don't even look at it anymore because they know it's up there and they know right. they can just scroll past it and get to what their their content is. Right. Same thing with the tutorials. You know, oh, this isn't what I'm looking for. I'll just go past it and go into it. And so why are so many companies uh, wasting folks' time with this tutorial that clearly isn't working? And, and the way that I describe like why it's not working, what the problem is, is it's basically that people don't read manuals, right? What? They, this is news <laughs> to me. <laughs> they try something first and they look for help on the back end. Now, I haven't yes. actually purchased a computer or electronic in a while, but I'm pretty sure they don't even ship paper manuals with those things anymore. Because I can give you a use case. I just got a new Fitbit yeah, and it came with a single piece of paper with a URL for setup. Right. So now it's these like interactive tutorials. Right. Same thing when I bought a Nest. It was like download the app and the app will walk you through setup. People aren't going to read a manual with the exception of maybe some really complicated IKEA furniture. Um, they just don't look <laughs> at it. The tutorial is the same thing. It's like let's put this instruction set on the front end and everyone will read it and then they'll know how to use our app. That's not... Yeah. So what I hear you saying yeah. is on the one hand, they are making an analogy to an unutilized piece of a offline experience, the user manual that no one would read anyway, Yeah. except for my father, who was proud of that. Um, <laughs> but And then they are not even understanding that it's something that would work for what people want to do with the app, right? It's not, I think you said it quite well at one point, which is people want to try it and then maybe would go and look at a tutorial once they've got some frame of reference for what they're being tutored in, right? Right. Yeah, so actually all tutorials are not bad, but yes. front-loading it so that everybody yes. has to go through it and it's a blocker to get into the app, that's what's bad. Yeah. The way that I've seen companies get around that, and now I'm getting to sort of the best examples part <laughs> of this, is doing what I call a contextual onboarding experience, mm. which is basically providing those instructions or the value or whatever you need to help people use your app at the right place in the right time. So, not so this is kind it. of like um, Clippy in Microsoft Word where, you know, you'd, you'd type deer and Clippy would pop up. No, I was going to say he, but I don't know why Clippy's a he, but maybe as, as the male gender, we'll own Clippy. We'll take that one. <laughs> um, uh, we don't want Clippy. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want Clippy. It's fine. Um, he would pop up and try to help you write a letter. Is that what we're talking about with contextual help? Yes, though not always in the form of Clippy. Okay. But um, I'll give you an example from an app. eBay has instructions for folks that want to sell on the platform. Mm -hmm. They don't inundate everybody with it up front. I know I, I haven't sold anything through eBay, and I maybe will someday, but not yet. But it's not until you actually access the sell tab within their app that you get those that pop-up tutorial. Okay, that's a great example because... You've used eBay, but to buy stuff, and so you never actually have needed the selling tutorial is what you're, what you're saying there, right? Exactly. It's not yeah. relevant to me. It's not relevant to people that are never going to sell. But the first time that I decide, hey, I want to sell or I want to explore the process of selling, I click there, then up pops, you know, Clippy to... Selly. <laughs> <laughs> Selly to tell me what I need to do. So that's, that's, you know, that's what I would describe as, uh, as contextual onboarding. Another trick is if you do need to put something up front to make it more dynamic or mm. interactive, and mm -hmm. this is a trick that 
um, companies are learning from gaming because I feel like games yeah. have actually done onboarding well, right? Their onboarding is about teaching you how to use the game, but in a way where you get to play it, you get to like get your right. skills under you, and then when you actually start playing the harder levels, like you understand what you're doing. So Robinhood is a stock trading app. They have hmm. a interactive demo where you can learn how to make trades and how to do um, research about stock. And it feels like you're using the app, but it's, it's really like a, a walkthrough, but an interactive walkthrough. Mm. Um, so that's been a really effective way to do it. Another type of interactive experience that works is some form of personalization. Um, so it makes you uh-huh. feel like the app is getting to know you so it can provide you better content on the back end. And um, Yumly is an app for getting recipes. And so they ask you a couple questions like what type of cuisine do you like? What, mm-hmm. do, what do you not eat so that it can personalize the recipes the one thing that I would warn with that is you don't want to ask too many questions up right. front because then you're you're running into the exact same problem, which is you're overloading people on the front end when they really just want to get in and start using the app. Right, right. What's interesting to me about that is that suggests that perhaps usage can, and I think you were getting at this a little bit with eBay, mm-hmm. can drive when to bring in further guidance or tutorials, right? Because yeah. it's if I'm using Yumly and I gave it a couple answers about cuisine, and then I keep hitting simple recipes or I keep hitting vegetable focus recipes, even though I didn't answer questions to suggest that way, yeah. then maybe that I – mean, are you seeing any companies do that where the, the usage starts to drive – um, when and how they give additional guidance or tutorials? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's actually a lot that you can learn from app analytics in terms uh-huh. of what parts of your app people are using and also what they're not using and what you might want to surface um, to sort of help them. I think Foursquare does that. Another app that is kind of smart on the personalization front is um, Rulala, which is a shopping app. They ask for only one piece of information up front, your email address, because they know that by getting your email address so they can push emails to you in addition to pushing in-app stuff, they drive higher retention. Um, They do want to personalize the experience, but they progressively sort of request additional personal information and learn about you um, later on so that they can personalize the experience on the back end. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so you've shared some good examples of of companies doing this better, doing this well. Um, Is there a stat or, you know, piece of data that highlights the possibilities here of getting, you know, sort of being at the opposite end of the spectrum of that um, 75% drop off in three days, 90% drop off in, in the first month? One thing that our own research has actually found is that if you can get people to opt into push notifications, yeah. um, that has a much higher impact on retention. They're, mo- mm. they're much more likely to stay because you're, you found a way to engage it with them to bring them back in, right? So push notifications are essential. And basically they found that by personalizing the push notification requests so that it's not just some generic thing, it's like it's very relevant, um, they tell people that if they opt in that they can, um, they can get coupons and, and all kinds of things that will help them. As a result, 90% of app users have opened push notifications hmm. from Shoppers Drug Mart and have also retained using the app because of that. Okay, so they're doing push notifications not as almost like, I feel like some push notifications are, are basically mobile spam, mm-hmm. but rather to say we need these to be relevant to these people because if they are, it will drive retention. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's they're, a great example. They're saying not only we're, we're going to design the ask to be relevant and the notifications themselves are going to be giving customers value through these through these coupons and we're going to keep bringing people back and they've been successful in doing that. Yeah. That, that brings up another question I was, I was sort of thinking of as I was scanning through your report because it sounds like for Shoppers Drug Mart that the mobile app is sort of the entry point for engaging them more broadly. I mean, you're filling a prescription with them, you're buying drugs with them. Mm-hmm. That is how you engage with the entire company. And I've heard expressed by a lot of companies that the problem of onboarding customers generally. Mm -hmm. Is the mobile app um, envisioned by any of these companies as sort of the front end for onboarding new all new customers in in that sense to, to sort of help with onboarding as more of a general issue rather than just onboarding through the app? Yeah. I mean, it certainly is for companies where the main um, interaction is through the app, like yeah. for some of these shopping apps like Rulala, Talk to Shopkick as well. For others, it isn't yet, but it should be. Our colleagues just wrote a report. Um, it's like a, a mobile benchmark for uh, financial institutions around mm. the world. And one thing that they noticed was that functionality that tend to be miss, missing from mobile apps was marketing and sales material and basically the ability to sign up for new accounts through the mobile app mm. because they think, oh, you're going to go into a branch or you're going to go right. on a website. Like who's become a new customer on the app? The app is for loyal customers. And that's generally been true in the past. But now for these new consumers that are sort of mobile first, it is that venue. So the mobile onboarding experience is very important to drive customers to engage with the brand overall. And I don't know that a lot of companies realize that yet. Certainly not yet in in financial sector. Mm, that, yeah, that's a good example. I, yeah. I there's a I feel like there's a corollary between you know the the old saying you never go broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public and I feel like you never go broke overestimating the adoption habits in mobile of the American public it's sort of a more positive more optimistic view but it does seem like mobile adoption in terms of usage in terms of interactions has just continually outpaced forecasts for for years yeah there was this thought in the early years of mobile, which wasn't that long ago, but um, that people people won't do things on mobile, right? right? Like they won't fill out large forms and they won't do this. And it's true. They won't fill out large forms, <laughs> but you can people can sign up for a bank account on their mobile phone and you can design the experience so that it's not a large right. form, so that it's like an easy interactive thing. And that's why you're seeing these new apps like Robinhood, stock trading platforms that are just a mobile app because people are willing to do those kinds of things on their phone. And um, I think every time someone has said, oh, they're not going to be able to do that, it's been proven wrong. Right, right. Good. Well, I think that's a great point to leave this on to remind people of the importance (laughs) of mobile onboarding best practices as more and more interactions, activities, revenue moves to mobile apps, the mobile website. Uh, Please do check out Deanna's report that will help you make sure that your app is the one that they're opening on a regular basis, mobile onboarding best practices. Thank you, Deanna. My pleasure. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at s-s-t-e-r-n at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality. 